Yes, it is Monday, August 22, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you if you're just tuning in. Overnight, very elegant, finished last in its European debut over in a Group 1 in Deauville in France over the 2,000 metres. Uh, Frankie de Tori dragged a wide, a slow tempo, didn't suit, of course, and uh, just couldn't make up any ground there in the straight there. The Melbourne Cup winner, very elegant, so uh, interesting now to see uh, what she attacks from here. Obviously, the big goal is the Arc de Triomphe, but uh, that looks a bit of a distance away for her yet. The Swans finished third after their 14-point win over St Kilda last night, and they will travel to Melbourne to play the Demons 2v3 in a qualifying final Friday week. Yesterday in the NRL, the Dragons 46 beat the Titans 26, and, uh, well, the Canberra Raiders fought back from... 22 to 8 down to keep their season alive. They beat the Knights 28 22 in Newcastle. I found the result of the weekend, though, in country rugby. After extra time, Molong and Coonabarabran, 21 all, shared the Oils Plus Cup. No West. extra time. No, they played extra time. Couldn't be split. Played 100 minutes of footy, 21 all, shared the premiership. Oh, good on them. Well done. Yeah, I don't know how that. you'd feel, though, sharing a premiership. <laughs> yeah. Don't you just play until there's a winner? That's it. Well, I'm going. not going to rain on their parade. Well done to them. <laughs> Great stuff, Mido. Can yeah, you there's a place for change? a draw, I reckon, Loz. There's a place for a draw. In a grand final. Uh, what's the difference? Test match? Every test match is a grand final. After 100 minutes, yeah. Well, no, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. I don't mind a draw. Play to win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you have a draw. Okay. Yeah, cricket might be okay, but I... Yeah, the GF, you want it decided. Yeah, you want a decider in yeah. after 80 minutes. Morning to you, Buzz. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, not my favourite weekend, the Rugby League, to be honest with you. Um, it fell away after the Rabbitohs Panthers on Thursday night and left to a weekend of absolute blowouts, aren't we? Well, how are we going to handle the 17th club? Well... That's a very good point because you look at the rosters and look, I've marked down uh, four teams that I can't really see improving next year a lot uh, enough to be banging on the door to play finals. And I'm talking the Warriors, Knights, West Tigers and Titans. And um, I'm not sure the Dolphins in their initial year will be a finals contender. You look at their rosters and compare them to Melbourne Storm. You compare them to the Sydney Roosters and South, and it's really just. But they're they're in a different league. They really are, and um, I, I'm not sure how we fix it. I think there's a huge gap in the playing, uh, the, the the playing strength of each club, and I'm thinking too. There's a huge gap in the coaching quality as well. That you know, a few of the coaches now are, are really struggling to get their rosters together. I've had a bit to say about the West Tigers uh, in my column today, but I'm a little bit concerned. The um, beauty of rugby league and why the networks pay billions of dollars for the television rights is they want, you know, a competitive competition. And, you know, you can't go back to 12 teams. That's not the answer. I'd like I actually like 18 teams, but I think we need a conference system eventually where we try to put some integrity back into the competition where everyone plays each other once or twice or however a conference would work. But at the moment, um, 
that have and look, I know it was a one-off round, and I know the football's been a lot more competitive than it uh, during the year. But the weekend was, you know, 466 points scored, an average winning margin of margin of 32.5 per game. That's just not. Um, that's not NRL football. It's not. No, it was it was some ordinary performances from a few clubs. But having said that, Buzz, I also thought some of the big guns flexed their muscles and the Roosters and Melbourne Storm in particular, I think they sent out a warning shot to the likes of Penrith saying, hey, don't don't forget about us. And they play each other on Friday night and and this should be a ripping game. Oh, it'll be a sensational game. Lies to it really will. It's my highlight for the weekend for countdown to that game, 7.55, Amy Park, I Pinched to Ray Hadley line, don't touch the set, don't touch the doll, don't go anywhere. It's so exciting to watch these two super clubs who have been so successful in the last decade. I have no doubt whatsoever, and I'm not sure if I said it here, I said it somewhere last week, that the Roosters are big enough, strong enough, powerful enough, classy enough to win this competition from outside the top four because they'd have to win their last uh, two games and the Storm would have to lose their last two for the Roosters to sneak into the four. Even if that happened, I'm not sure their four and against would be enough. So they're going to have to win it from outside. But um, as you said, Storm are outstanding. I think that hooker Harry Grant had the most magnificent game the other night and he's clearly the front runner now to wear the nine jersey in England for the Kangaroos. But the Panthers as well, mate, for them... To beat South the other night, without Cleary, without Luai, without James Fisher-Harris, I'd say argue, not even arguably, their best three players, mm. it is going to be one heck of a final series, those three clubs. The Cowboys and the Sharks just keep on winning and are more than nuisance value in the finals. And they get about to the ball. They could do anything and... Not sure about power and south, um, but we'll, we'll see. It, 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 but as you're right, this game on Friday night will be the game of the year. It really will be. Buzz, who's your grand final? If you had to pick it today, who's your who's your two teams? Oh, look, Clarky, sometimes I do get a tip right. And at the start of the year, I, I, I tipped the Roosters' uh, Panthers grand final. I, I don't think that'll change. I, I, okay. I said I think the Roosters can go through, but it's a really hard question. It could be Storm. And mm. I, I wouldn't write off the Sharks either. Mm. Uh, and I've been waiting. I thought there was a little bit of class difference between the Sharks and those other sides. But you know what? They're on 34 competition points. They've won 16 games. They're probably up there with the most consistent. They just turn up every week. Craig Fitzgibbon, they never, ever play poor. I'm not putting them off on them here, but they're so consistent. So on the, you just don't know, do you? Injuries will play a big part. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Buzz, and that's how I've sort of assessed the Sharks too. I just didn't know whether they had enough class when it really mattered in those big games. But on what they're doing, they're certainly capable of being more than competitive and you wouldn't want to play them in a, in a semi-final. But I think what it's sort of shown over the last couple of weeks I think there's more sort of hope around that there's teams that can challenge Penrith, whereas probably six weeks ago, we, we, we just assumed that Penrith were going to win it. That, that's the way I looked at it anyway. 
there, but as I said, the Panthers at their three best players. They were that three million dollars their salary cap beat mm. South. They didn't beat an ordinary side. They beat South. She's mm. had Sean O'Sullivan's been a buy, hadn't he, just for this year at halfback? Yeah, the Dolphins have picked up a really good one there, um, and. Um, you know, he's done a really good job. He's done a remarkable job, in fact, to go and replace Nathan Cleary. And and, and the leadership of Isaiah Yeo without Cleary has just been sensational. Dylan nibbles out the back. A huge chance for the Dally M Award, you know. So you throw those three players back into the side. And it, the, the finals will be like Origin when Storm, Roosters, Sharks, Panthers, Cowboys, Seals, it really will be. We'll have some magnificent football every week. Yeah, I think you're right there. And it will start on Friday night when the Roosters and the, and the Storm play. And I think... Are you tipping their lot? Oh. Don't sit in the fence, mate. All right. Well, it's depending on who the sides are. I'll go Roosters. There you go. Well, you really, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go the Roosters. I, I think Collins will be back. I think Takiahu will be back. I I like their front row rotation. I think Nat Butcher's a fine replacement on that uh, right edge. Um, and yeah. for Tupanua. And, yeah, I, I just think they're starting to build momentum. And they've they got strike in their back line. And I think their back line is probably the best in the comp at the moment. Yeah. So, I, I think... Well, do, well, do you reckon my Raiders can make the eight? Yeah, that's a really interesting story, the Raiders, because they were gone after 12 weeks. They, they had a lot of struggles in the national capital. So what are they? They're two points. They're on 26 points. The Broncos are on top. I think they'll replace the Broncos as the eighth team. Now, the Broncos have got Parramatta at home. No good things. And then they've got the Dragons away. And I wouldn't say they're good things away from home. And that. So they could lose their last two games. Um, they've got a plus 21 for and against. Now, Canberra have a minus 25, but they've got Manly at home. They should win on paper, and they've got the West Tigers away. So I can see them leaping over the Broncos and making the finals, which is great coaching performance by Ricky Stewart, a great effort by all the players. Um, very ordinary first half in Newcastle, but they showed their class. They showed their quality. Their big front rowers took over. In the second half, Jackie White, great game. Fogarty has been one of the buyers of the year and halfback, and I have no problems with them being in the eight because uh, they deserve to be there if they can finish their season off as strong as they've been in recent weeks. Now, Manly Buzz, um, I know the Sharks were good on the weekend, but how much have an effect has this, you know, that players standing down only a few weeks ago, not wanting to wear that pride jersey? How much is a, has that affected this club? Well, you, um, publicly the club has put on a united front and um, is saying it hasn't affected them at all. And Des Hassel went to said that at his press conference after the game on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, I think that once the seasons are over, the players loosen up and they can't start to, particularly the players that are leaving or whatever, like Kieran Foran, I, I think there'll be more honesty around about what it's done to their season. As you said, and Clark, if you were playing in a cricket team and seven players decided they wouldn't turn up for a game where your season was on the line, but happened to AFL Rugby Union. The teammates would be asking questions about it, whether it's about religious 
beliefs or whatever. I interviewed Mac Krillich, the former kangaroo skipper, manly legend, still a director mm. at the club, about it. And his line was, yeah, we can understand people have got beliefs, but they get paid every week to play football. They want big dollars, and but they want to dictate when they're going to play or not. And um, I have no doubt whatsoever that it has wrecked their season. And... Mm. Um, because of that, there's now pressure on Des Hasler. Um, Manly uh, know he's off contract next year. It's going to be a huge story in the opening few rounds of the competition next year if Manly struggle. Are they going to keep Des? Are they going to let him go? He's been around a long time. The results haven't been great this year. So um, Manly uh, are coming up to being a big story. Buzz, I read yesterday in the paper, and I think this took a lot of us by surprise, you interviewed Paul Green's best mate, Craig Knuckles Greenhill, and he said yeah. that Green had been struggling for 20 years with depression. Yeah, yeah, really tough story, that one to write. Uh, Knuckles actually uh, texted me last week and said he was he wanted to tell his story of uh, Greenie, and it, it was a difficult one to tell and then to write because... Uh, um, Knuckles has not only played football with him at, in Cronulla for a decade, um, Queensland State of Origin side. They grew up, they, they were mates from underage at Winner Manly, for God's sake. They travelled overseas on end of season trips for a couple of years, and we can clearly recall Greeny struggling way back then. And he was able to still carve out that magnificent coaching career. And um, I think he wanted to talk about it as a to get it out there as part of mental health and as part of are you okay and as part of um, if you are down and feeling awful you go and get help go and get professional help and mm. yeah. Um, yeah really really sad story that one that someone could have suffered for that long Buzz James Tamo is not going to get off is he? Oh I'm really, really torn on this one because what he said to the referee was so inappropriate, it's not funny. So I would actually, um, I don't think he should get off. Having said that, he is a very, very good person who had a brain snap on the football field. He's one of those guys who was respected referees throughout his long and very, very successful career. But you cannot talk to referees like that and then expect to be playing football the next weekend or the one after. Brandon Smith got four weeks for his outburst. They've halved that for James Tarmel, and I think that's a pretty fair outcome that they've gone that way. Is that not just the icing on the cake for the Tigers, Buzz? To me, that was the greatest example of, and as you say, a, a great guy with a, with a brain fade, but it just sums up where this club's at. And, and it's devastating. For, for all their what fans, would what would have it's devastating. What would have to do that to an umpire? No, same thing. Like, I, but I think, I think How James... How would you have thought? How oh. would you have thought? Whatever, whatever I got, it wouldn't have been long enough. Put it that way. But I think but James Taumo said that. He's put his hand up and said, whatever I get, I'm accountable and I deserve it. Yeah, I know, but, you know, you, you can't have a brain snap like that. I, I think yeah, two I weeks is right. I really do, and it's sad it is. It might have been his last game. The next player wants to abuse the referee. Should probably think about that. Yeah. 
They really should. But look, the West Tigers have got bigger problems than James Carmel, and I've written about it today. Mm. That was absolute debacle. Seventy-two points to six, and I've had I've written my column about it. Can you please explain to me, Laurie? Why did they let Luciano Leilua go? Why did they let Nofaluma go? Why did they let Gildart go? Why did they have him play second grade when he goes to the Roosters and scored five tries for North in his debut? Then they pick him to play. They obviously think he's a better player than Tim Sheens and the people at the West Tigers thought. Why did they throw in the towel so early? They sacked Madge. They've released players across the board. They lose their halves. And then they put in performances like that. Mm. It's just not right for their fans. Yeah, and I, I can't give you an answer. Well, I, I, no I, I don't with know. Matt. Other, other it was than... in the paper every day. Yeah. It was in the paper every single day that you've got to sack him, got to sack him, got to sack him. That's why they sacked Madge. They had no choice. We weren't winning, and there was unbelievable media pressure. We had no choice. But you didn't have an option at that stage, Clarkie. You yeah, but but, but Buzz, it's me, you guys, and, and I'm saying media in general, not just you, not just the paper. It was spoken about every day for 12 months. It, it, media pressure at some stage gets to uh, CEOs, gets to chairmen yeah. of the board, it gets to people. They had no choice because of the media on him, on him, on him, yeah. every single time. Well, you, you know what? I, um, I, I didn't have a problem with Madge being... Um, dismissed because I couldn't see where there was going to be improvement. Yeah. Imagine the football side. I didn't yeah. know the ramifications of it. I didn't know they'd then release all these players. What was the reason behind and, that, and Buzz? I, because I don't know what the reasons were behind the players. That's what I'm more talking about when you ask the question. I'll I, I, I tell you what the reason behind uh, releasing these players was, that it eased the salary cap at the West Tigers. So what that meant is They'd have another three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to spend on players next year. They might have more than that because Isaiah Papalihi is talking very strong about not turning up there next year. They might have his contract money to save as well. But I think there's a responsibility of every club, Laurie, to put their best 17 players injury free on the park every weekend. And I even wrote this morning, there should nearly be an asterisk next to that scoreline because the team the West Tigers put on the field because of injuries to Hastings and Brooks, because three players had been allowed to leave, was almost reserved New South Wales Cup side. The scoreline showed that. Well, Buzz, you've just answered sort of where I was going next. You're saying they've freed up all this salary cap space. Who, after the weekend, is wanting to go to the West Tigers after a performance like that? Yeah, exactly like, right. Like, you can have the salary cap space. Exactly right. But then right. you've got to be able to convince them to come to our club and play, and we're going to be more than competitive. Uh, and even if that's the case, Laurie, if, even if they are to pick up players, um, they're going to have to pay overs. And I've written many times, the year when Latrell Mitchell left the Sydney Roosters, they offered him, badge offered him over a million dollars, but he took eight fifty at South. So what they're going to do, they're going to have to pay overs if they way overs if they're to attract new players. Mm. And as you know as well as I do, playing overs for players, it, it leaves them open to, you know, these guys don't aim up and it, this club's littered with these sort of stories. And it's not Madge's fault. Cleary paid overs for 
Josh Reynolds. I know he works on this station, but he was on 850k, and it was too much money. They mm. paid way overs for Moses Embi. Moses Embi's on 900k, so that's what happens. You put yourself into these positions. As I said all along, it's a slow rebuild. The West Tigers. They've got to be patient. Dare I say, the Gus Gould five-year plan. Their Jersey flag side is doing very well. I think they knocked off the Roosters over the weekend. And, um, yeah, I guess it's just going to be great patience. And I hope we don't see another performance like the weekend, but the West Tigers uh, fans are not going to see a lot of improvement for two or three years, is my view. Thanks so much, Buzz. Good on you guys. Let's talk next week, eh? Cheers. Cheers. Okay, the MotoGP overnight. Aussie Jack Miller finished third. Uh, Francesco Bagnaia won the Austrian GP from Fabio Quartararo. So the Aussie filled the podium. Now, over in the Gulf, we're getting uh, uh, very late in the final round here at the BMW Championship. There's Adam Scott. He's back to 10 under. He's on 18. Uh, He's three shots off the pace. So uh, he won't be winning this tournament, Adam Scott, but uh, tied for fifth as it stands. Patrick Cantlay and Scott Stallings. At the top of the leaderboard at 13 under par, both are two shots clear of the chasing pack. And the Premier League overnight, Leeds United. What a win this was. 3-0 over Chelsea at Elland Road. Newcastle and Manchester City was 3-all at St. James's Park. And Brighton won at West Ham, 2-0. What about this text message, by the way, I received from the phone of El Daly at four minutes past three on Saturday afternoon. Mate, meant to tell you, 250k for shares in the chicken shop. That gets you 20%. Ricky uh, and Fletch are. <laughs> yes, I got the same message, you know? Oh, chicken as well. Yeah, oh. I certainly did. Thought Loz's having a monster. So, so you obviously handed over your uh, 20%. What, what, 250k? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I went back with a big green tick and said, I'm in. <laughs> Lock me in, Loz. Do you want to do you want to get B Baker into this as well? This chicken uh, shop. Oh, great opportunity! <laughs> That's great it. opportunity. <laughs> Mate, that pest. I I can't believe he he grabbed my phone. I changed the password on my phone too. Oh, and he still found. And it. he still found a way to get into it. It's just pest behaviour. G or G It's or immature behaviour too. <laughs> like he's. He's 50 years of age. I love how apologetic you are, though. Like, no one believes it now. It's oh, no. happened that many times. No one believes it. Yeah, yeah. It's the boy who cried wolf. He will have an opportunity. He'll send it to us. We go, yeah, Loz, whatever, what this? We're not touching it. <laughs> what about this? I get a message back from Fletch. What what race is that horse in? He thought the chicken shop was the name of a horse. <laughs> oh, outstanding. I said, no, nah, it's just a G up, Fletch. Oh, my it's God. Just a G. He thought someone was having a punt on this horse called Chicken Shop. <laughs> How desperate are we for a tip on a Sunday afternoon? Seriously, yeah. Fletch. Joining us now, famed Warwick Farm trainer Bjorn Baker. Bjorn, good morning. Morning, guys. I've uh, I, I've totally lost that story. I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, a bit of an investment happening with a chicken uh, shop if you want to come in, Bjorn. Yeah. Only cost you 250k, mate. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll invest in horse flesh rather than the chicken shop. I'll pass on that one. But thanks for the offer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and show you the proposal today. <laughs> uh, now, Bjorn, you you had just the 
the agony and the ecstasy, didn't you, on Saturday? Because they were in race, what was it, race six, I think, or race five, sorry. Firstly, with prime candidate, looked home. And then showmanship, just reeled it in. But then 40 minutes later, you were celebrating with Arapahoe. Take us through your Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, the highs and lows of racing. And uh, the busy Saturday afternoon, four races in a row. And... Uh... No, I thought Prime Candidate, just for a moment at about the 100, I thought he might have it, and he just got run down, but he's going super. And beaten by a very good horse, too. And then uh, Rappahoe, pretty much from last to first, and uh, he was super. He's really doing a, a, a good job. I wasn't confident on Saturday, but it was a great ride by Rachel King. She got him into a beautiful rhythm, and, uh, yeah, it was a, a good one. Have you got a target for him? Well, he's sort of been in. He's had 10 runs this time in, but I'm, Adam and I can get him to a baker's dozen. And if that's the case, we might have to look at a race like the Metropolitan. So, uh, And if it gets wet, he just grows another hoop. So that will give us a big chance if he can get into some of those races. Uh, Bellucci Babe just doesn't quite fight a shot yet in the two runs this preparation. What are you thinking with, with her next? Yeah, and then you sort of go from... From a, uh, a low to a huge high, and then another low, and she's just not firing at all. And um, yeah, I've got to say, I, I thought she'd run really well on Saturday. Every everything we've looked at, she seems to be going really well, and she just never finished off like she can. So uh, the big question mark is what we do with her. We have a good look at her this morning, and and just a, a bit of a think whether um, we continue or put her out in the paddock and. Uh, we'll just try a few different things, but she's going to have to improve immensely to get to where we thought she would be. Has anyone picked up overpass for the Everest yet? No, you wouldn't believe it. He galloped on Saturday morning, and there's a private jet. It might have been Clark. He's actually taking <laughs> off from Canterbury Banks down the airport. And I was clocking him, and I, I got him mixed up with a jet. <laughs> <laughs> I see the, the, the campaign is happening on social media. Oh, you've got to be in to win. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy with him. I think he's definitely come back a bigger, stronger horse, and, and he's going well. So he'll trial again, uh, I think, on the 1st of September and then go to the shorts. And he's going to have to be going every bit as, as well as I think he is to go there and be competitive. Did you see his trial the other day overpass? Trialed like some sort of... Oh, conglomeration of Menicardo and Black Caviar and <laughs> what to win the trial by about nine lengths Bjorn yeah and, uh, he bet some good horses it's more the way he did it though he sort of yeah. jumped and travelled really well and, and recovered instantly and they didn't really go probably as quick as people think they did but mm. yeah he's, he looks fantastic he's bigger and stronger and, and going super if I had a slot Bjorn I'd give it to you Oh, thanks, mate. You're only taking 10% too. Oh, yeah. good yeah. Mate, if I had a slot, I'd expect you to take up that 250k 10% ownership of that chicken shop too. Yeah. <laughs> You'd sound a very good investment. I'm very happy with that. What's next for Shades of Rose, Bjorn? She's certainly an emerging talent. Yeah, she's going well. She's running Saturday. James McDonald rides benchmark eighty eight twelve hundred, and if she happened to go well there, would have to look at stakes races. But she seems in great order, so I'm thrilled with her. And um, if anything, she looks better after that last one. What uh, else should we be watching out for heading into the spring? Beyond obviously overpass uh, well documented. What else coming back soon? Have we got to keep an eye on? 
I think Malkovich is going really well too. He always trolls well though, so everyone's going to say that it's expected. But I'm pretty confident he's going as well as he has. Um, and he's going to go to the Concord. And once again, that's going to be another tough race. But he's going really, really well. Um, so very happy with him. And oh, we've got a few nice horses. We've got a nice maiden on, on Friday called Father's Day up to a mile. I think he'll go really well. Um, and a few horses sort of like War Eternals trialling today. I've got another really nice filly trialling tomorrow called Wingardium, who actually bet Zoo Gotcha um, mm-hmm. in her first trial, and she won at Randwick as a two-year-old. I think she's come back super, so she might be sort of uh, a little sneaky in some of the better fillies races. What about today at Bathurst? You could have a, what, you got four runners, and they're all in the market. Yeah, well, look, we'll be happy happy to get one a one a day. Keeps the bank manager away, and uh, they're all in there with an each-way chance. I think bring on the bubbles is probably the best. She'll go forward. She seems in really good order. Okay, bring on the bubbles for our listeners in Bathurst today. Race three, number one. Race three, number one, two dollars seventy. And Alicia Collett, I think she's riding all of your horses today, Bjorn. Yeah, so hopefully she has a good day, mate. You enjoy. Uh, have a great. Uh, I hope you have a very successful day at Bathurst, and I'm sure we will catch up trackside soon. I'll send that proposal through, Bjorn. Yeah, looking forward to it, Bjorn. <laughs> and do not send me any. .com. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Bjorn Baker there. So, yeah, he has, a, as Laws mentioned, a big hand there at Bathurst today. He's got in, in race one. These are all favourites too, I think. Yeah, Snit Zika, race one, number one. That's a $3 favourite. Uh, in race two, he's got Lord Finland, which is on the second line of betting at $3.50. Race two, number four. Then he's got uh, the one he nominated as his best. Race three, number one, bring on the bubbles. $2.70 with Tab. And uh, what's his other horse here? Global Deal, race four. So it's in the first four races. Uh, race four, number 11, Global Deal, which is $2.25. And favourite for that race. So, big hand today, as he often does at Bathurst, Bjorn Baker. Now, this Father's Day, Drummond Golf is giving you the chance to win the ultimate golfing experience for your dad and a friend to the 2022 Australian Open at the Victoria Golf Club, valued at $8,500. To win, simply purchase a Drummond Golf gift card valued at $50 or more from any Drummond Golf store, either in-store or online, between August 4 and September 4, and you'll go into the draw to win. Visit drummondgolf.com.au for full terms and conditions. Drummond Golf, Australia's biggest. On the text line, hey, Loz, I'm breeding from my mare, Rev It Up Red Nut, this year. When the foal drops, I'll let you know. I'll swap you 10% in the foal for 10% in the chicken shop, and we'll call the foal <laughs> the chicken shop. What a good name for a horse, the chicken shop. I can't believe Fletch thought that was the name of a horse. <laughs> he was at a reunion or something, he said, because the roosters were playing on the Saturday and they were all there on the drink and he was having a bit of a punt and yeah, he didn't read the message properly. Mm. He said, but what 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 race is it? And I said, what do you mean? He, I, he said, well, the name of the horse, Chicken Shop, what race? I said, mate, it's not a chicken. Uh, it's not, not a horse. Don't worry about it. He goes, all, right. all good. Uh, Sky Racing's Ali Mosley. Good morning to you, Ali. Good morning, Meadow. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thank you. And what did you make of that performance from... Well, he's an entire now, isn't he, being four, NMO. What a horse. Oh, he's just a specimen. I, I said yesterday, I haven't seen, I mean, I haven't been around in racing as long as a lot of other people um, really in, in the scheme of things, and he's the best cult I've ever seen. Just the way he moves and his presence and 
um, Ronnie was teasing me because I went down to see him when he first arrived at the stalls. And when he very first arrived is when he's worse. And he was he was a real handful. He was kicking the walls down and and um, really letting his presence be known. But once he started walking around, he settled and he paraded the best he had in the mounting out that I've ever seen him. And he's just come back a stronger, more imposing horse. And I'm, I'm so glad they're racing him on and, and they chose to do that because we get to see more of him. And he had a um, little group of fans as well. So... I just think he's a, he's a star. Mm. And and James was very emotional after the race, wasn't he? He was. He was. I almost I said to Rad, you almost got there. You almost um almost got him <laughs> got him really going. I think um, you know, he's a horse that means a lot to everyone around Team Godolphin, and a horse they've obviously put a lot of faith into. To be committed to to bringing him back for another year, it would have been easy for them to say, all right, well he's, he's done enough. We can send him to the breeding barn now. But for them to, I guess for lack of a better word, put put their money where their mouth is and keep him racing now as a four-year-old and win another group one now as a two, three and four-year-old. I think um, it sort of shows everyone that, that he stacks up. Showmanship, this ex-WA galloper, uh, fantastic performance. We just spoke to Bjorn Baker, who you know thought he was just about home there with prime candidate, but <laughs> showmanship and outstanding performance there in the show county. I thought Prime Candidate was really brave, actually. He was sort of eyeballed there and he, and he kept finding. But showmanship, an interesting one. They've obviously, he's a sort of lightly framed gelding, more lightly framed than I, I thought I had seen him before. And I went and had a look at him. And um, they'd obviously, he's had the one jump out, but he, I don't know if he's, he obviously doesn't take much to come to hand, but he had quite a bit of work poured into him. And he looked really forward and, and fit and, and quite well tucked up. So I thought um, for a first up run, he couldn't have been looking in better order and he'll just improve from that. So... Um, I think he's a pretty exciting horse to watch and another one who, when they get back after so many setbacks, that it must be really rewarding. You know, when you have a horse that's had a setback to the extent that he did um, and to have him back winning good races and, and going on from that is, is a credit to them. Who can we follow out of the weekend, Ali? <laughs> so there were a couple that I liked. Um, I thought maybe, well, maybe a bit of a hidden run. I guess everyone will start doing their sectionals now, but uh, perhaps maybe one was more profit in race seven um her sectionals were second best in the race last 200 she needs good ground probably didn't set up very well for her so i'd like to follow more profits and then what i found really interesting stockman who's a stayer you know he's a sydney cup source and he, he needs the cut out of the ground ran an absolute bottler in the wink stakes at the line he ran the best last 200 of the entire meeting which is enormous so, um, you know, aside from the obvious ones, I know everyone's been talking about Benno and obviously Fangirl. Fangirl coming back into her four-year-old season was super. So she's one to follow as well. But, you know, the Bennos and the Fangirls, I think Stockman might have been one that maybe flew under the radar to a, a bit of a certain extent, perhaps. Um, I mean, like I said, everyone's probably done their sectionals by now, but um, he was one to follow. And then I just want to mention very elegant because I've been reading Twitter blow up all morning and it's sort of, I don't know, I think it's a little bit disheartening. I've, I've not seen the sectionals, but they look like they were walking out in front and it didn't set up well for her. I know we can make excuses for it all we like, but I just think she deserves another chance. I agree, Ali. You, <laughs> no, they were definitely walking. It was not from... from I've, I've seen the race from about the halfway mark and, yeah, they, they were not going hard at all. And as we know, she needs that pace on, really, doesn't she, to, to produce yeah. her best. So let's give her another chance. I think so. G-Twitter's a nasty place sometimes, oh. aren't they? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you mean sometimes, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Is it ever a nice place? 
No, never, never. But I just read it this morning and I thought, I wonder if anyone's going to say anything positive. <laughs> no, don't expect it from Twitter, Ali. But uh, no. we get a lot of positivity from you and we look forward to speaking to you on Friday. <laughs> Thanks, guys.